Good morning. Megan here with Compass Morning Med for Monday, May 25. The end of last week, the last couple days of last week were interesting, I guess would be a word. (laughs) On Thursday, honored the third anniversary of one of my good friends, um, the death of one of my good friend's mothers. My own grandfather passed away this last Thursday morning. And then a coworker also went to the doctor and found that the baby she was carrying didn't have a heartbeat. So Thursday was just a hard day, a sad day. And then turn around on Friday and a friend had her baby, a healthy baby boy named Emerson. He's adorable. He's perfect. Um, And celebrated the birthday of one of my dearest friends. And then this weekend, it's marking pretty close to 100,000 coronavirus deaths. The New York Times did this phenomenal front page. I don't know if you've seen it for today's paper. Um, it's worth checking out so much creativity and legwork and thought put behind it, but they selected people all over the United States and picked out little phrases from their obituaries that stuck out. A few of them, these were just some of the ones that stuck out to me, but where her strength was a thing of wonder. Another one was known to many for his amazing Donald Duck impressions. Another one, people were her hobby. One guy saved 56 Jewish families from the Gestapo. Another one says, never at a loss for words. Just staggering to think of 100,000 people. And also beautiful to see little snippets of what people remembered about them. And as we're thinking about that large number in our own compass group, um, many today celebrated with them at a wedding. It just made me think um, of that verse in Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. That had me laugh out loud when I went to (laughs) read this book. How did did Solomon or whoever wrote this book know about social distancing? Um, but it continues on a time to search and a time to give up a time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to mend a time to be silent and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate a time for war and a time for peace. And it's just, especially as I was reflecting over the last week, um, life just keeps moving regardless of pandemic, no pandemic, um, how our own lives are going personally, life just 
keeps going on and it's beautiful and it's heartbreaking and we're human and I don't know about you but one of the things that makes me almost just as nervous or takes up as much thought thinking about moving forward from this virus is just thinking about relationships and how we it makes me nervous honestly thinking about as we get back together and we all have our opinions we've all um have our perspectives our facts our research our feelings our thoughts um about how we move forward as a country as a community and um it just makes me nervous i i wish that i would i hope that um and pray that the thing that unites us continues uh, to be that we follow Jesus, not our views on our politics or our um, different perspectives, but that we can still hold all those and be a community that follows Jesus. A, a perfect example of that is my friend Craig at work. Um, he, a couple of years ago, helped me get this giant free culvert that weighs like a million pounds. Um, and he helped with my fence. And when I had goats, he brought them over and did all these kinds of things for them. Um, and we argue and discuss all kinds of things that fr- frankly would probably make so many other people feel uncomfortable, <laughs> but we both have personalities that just enjoy discussions and we disagree on all kinds of things. But when it comes down to it, Craig is an incredible friend. When he saw the posting um, about my grandfather passing away, he shot me a text and then the next day happened to be at work and I guess saw me walking down the hall, chased me probably, I don't know, a quarter mile um, just to say, hey, anything he could do, whatever he could. Um, do you mean to watch dogs? Or, you know, he just is so thoughtful. And I just thought of him as an example. I told him that today. I was like, you know, that is such a good example of being able to hold different views and still just being phenomenal um, friend and person. And I just had the thought, like, I just want to grow more into that, to press more into that um, as we go forward. And I checked my uh, email a little while ago and... I subscribed to the Church of the City in New York with Pastor John Tyson. Um, he's excellent anyway, but I also just kind of wanted to see like how they're moving forward as a church, um, kind of in the heart of the pandemic. And they started sending out a few weeks ago um, liturgies for hope. And so they have them on different topics like liturgies for those who are feeling stuck, for those who are in... Um, think looking for joy and this one um i just wanted to leave you with and read over you is called a liturgy for those who have not belly laughed recently and so just sit back listen um and just think of really our shared humanity and the thing that really unites us is that we follow jesus it's the most important thing about us more than um anything else so sit back and enjoy this liturgy for those who have not belly laughed recently. O oh Christ, you have called us not servants but friends. And is there any true friendship in which laughter is not the glue that binds?
Much has been made of your reputation as a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. But perhaps you are a god who rises from the grave and eats breakfast on the shore with friends. Your love-scarred sides splitting with divine laughter, sharing your joy. We confess that we have not obeyed the command to be joyful always, and we have forgotten that you exhort us to become like little children, careless in the care of you. But like Sarah, we only laugh in our barrenness, in the cavern of disbelief. We acknowledge the ever-widening gulf inside us, the stew of sin and sorrow and loneliness, the pulse of Eden growing faint in our veins. In the face of all that threatens, we ask for the impossible, the loudest, fullest belly laugh from the gift our scandalous, playful father gives. O Lord, we ask that you help us too, as the poet suggests, be joyful, though we have considered all the facts. Envelop us in divine hilarity. Take our cynicism and trade it for delight. Teach us the language of levity. Grief is but an interlude, a shadow, and joy is the truest substance for those who know you. May we laugh deeply with those we love and alone with you in the secret place. For in this we rejoice with the tongues of the redeemed and practice resurrection. There is no shame in laughing with our sorrow, for to laugh is to trust in you, to believe that the rug we roll upon will not be pulled out. To understand the author has given us a peak of eternity, and we know how the story ends. Amen.